You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith. Hope you're well, and you're doing especially well during this COVID-19-inspired lockdown. I hope you're not going too crazy, but I've got a bit of an elixir for you because we're about to talk to Louisa Thomas. She's in Sydney's Pepperhead. She's the vocalist. The reason for the chat with Louisa is to talk up the rather good, actually. It's excellent. EP, Words to the Wise. So here she is, Louisa Thomas from Pepperhead. Hello. Hey, here she is. How are you going? There she is. Yeah, I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm not bad at all. Not bad at all. There you go. you got your nice backdrop there and everything. I saw the gent with the NoFX t-shirt on. There he is. Horns up, raised. And I'm here in Paris. Oh, you are too. Of course you are. Is it Sydney via Paris or London via Paris or where are you at the moment? Uh, Sydney. Sydney, there you go. All right, nice. Okay, so yeah, I'm in the middle of a block of interviews myself with all of the Firestarter artists. I try to uh, set aside a night. I've got kids these days, so it's uh, usually a bit of a challenge to sort of stagger it out. So I tend to say to the wife, look, I've got three or four hours available. Allow me to have a chat to all these great musicians. (laughs) Well, you've got to do what you can to keep sane as well, right? Oh, well, yes, indeed. Yeah, when alcohol fails, music kicks in. Or is it the other way around? I don't know. (laughs) Funny you say that. <laughs> <Cheers>. <laughs> Look, I, I've got to tell you, uh, Louisa, I, I do enjoy what you guys have been doing in Pepperhead there. And they, uh, the name of the new EP, Words to the Wise. And I've read comparisons to Susie DeMarchi and Sarah, Sarah McLeod that uh, are quite are quite on point, I must say. And I need to add Chrissy Hind in there as well. I've played many of the Pretender songs over the years myself because I'm also a musician and I can hear that too. Don't know whether you got that feedback before, but that's certainly what I hear. Uh, the band themselves, so you've got a full rock sound behind you. It's almost an early 90s vibe that you've got in that you capture that live sound that a lot of the, that a lot of the uh, bands wanted to capture in the studio at the time. So you can hear that. I don't know whether your bassist is using a Fender P bass, but it's that you know thick, you know, th- flat-wound bass string supporting thick, jagged guitars whilst the drums look everything down to allow you to do what you do, which is effectively to deliver the goods. So... How has Words to the Wise, Wise been received? Um, well, look, it came out at the absolute worst possible time, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a tough um, one. I know. It, well, it really, it really did. But funnily enough, um, you know, I mean, we're and, and and thank you for your kind of summary of of, of the sound. Um, he plays with jazz, tender jazz bass, by the way. Um, <laughs> but he, um, but uh, we, the machine was rolling with this release, and. Um, you know, we didn't want to stop it. Usually we would support um, an EP. I say usually, it's only our second EP, but we would support it with a lot of live gigging and that's what we do best. And and actually, um, you know, you noticing that that what our, uh, um, our recorded tracks are, are, are like how we sound live. And we re- actually, that's a conscious decision to try and, um, and make ourselves not sound overproduced, not, you know, to sound like, you know, when you come to a Pepehead gig, this is what you're going to get. Um and, and worst of the wise um, was, I, I think, a probably sort of slightly more sophisticated sound, however, than our, our first EP, House Fox Sessions. I don't know whether you've listened to that as well, but I think we've come a long way since we released that Sweet. four okay. years ago. Um, this EP was a super organic, fun process. Uh, it was a lot of, um, you know, we narrowed it down to the songs that we just really, really enjoyed playing live. Um, and we actually sent out, um, we recorded a live session of around 12 tracks, um, original tracks that we've got and sent them out to like all our friends and families and said, vote on what you think are the best tracks. Um, 
and and this is what came out of it and um it was yeah it was a lot of fun we recorded it again at house fox studios with ryan miller um and yeah. he totally gets our sound and he like plays in have you ever heard of a band called black reno yeah, I know him. Yeah, I've, I've interviewed him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, of course. Like, he's an absolute legend. And um, I think he really brought a, a sort of a slightly um, heavier sound out in us. And, um, he just did, yeah, that's us. what I noticed, yeah. actually. Yeah. I've got to tell you, yeah. yeah, it was a question I was going to ask a bit later on, but because you have done so much with, with Ryan and with House Fox, I, I think he does a fantastic job. He's very underrated, it must be said, with what he does. But what, he's, what he has done, just to this is as a listener what I feel, He's captured the power of the band, which is hard. I, as I say, I'm a musician, so a lot of the time, how many powerful live bands have I gone around? Bands that are powerful live have I gone and bought their CD from back in the '90s or what have you? And it's like, what the hell? They sound like two different things. Nine Inch yeah. Nails were a case in point. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were they were terrible because live they they ripped your head off, and then on album it sounded like. Uh, like, and I love Depeche Mode, so don't get me wrong, but if I want to listen to Depeche Mode, I will listen to Depeche Mode, not yeah, Nine Inch Nails. You know what I'm yeah. saying? But then yeah. they shifted it up. But I think what the point is, is that I think Ryan's actually captured what you guys, the power that the band has, the chemistry. There's that word, the chemistry between the, the uh, four of you, I think, is in the band. So when you're working with Miller, is it a situation where you issue him instructions about the sound that you like, you want to capture, or do you just do your thing and he just makes it happen? Uh, yeah, it's probably the latter. Um, you know, Mark doesn't even play to a click track. Um, it's really like That's a great. live. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like a live, um, a live recording. And we spent, I think, um, about a week in the studio with Ryan on this. Um, but we like we're super tight anyway. Um, you know, the whole you know raison d'etre of the band is live live playing so you know we we play and we play and we play and I think we've locked in and we're pretty tight on our songs so it wasn't really hard to recreate that sound um in the studio Ryan uh you know Ryan's like we've known him now for so long and he will say look dude you know you can do that better or that doesn't that really doesn't sound you know I know you've got more in your voice than that and then he also will say no we need something extra here we need an extra guitar part you know he, he actually really did direct proceedings this time um first time um you know we just kind of ran with it and uh, but this time he really got involved and produced it as well so it was uh um yeah it was it was a really uh, it's it's funny that you talk about chemistry as well though because we are all really good mates and i think that makes a real difference absolutely 100 percent agreed there's no there's no bullshit either you know there's no you know, tiptoeing around each other on what sounds good or what doesn't, and there's an awful lot of support and camaraderie, and um, I definitely have felt that, you know, increase as time goes on. What what brought you guys together then? Because there is a chemistry there with you guys. I mean, it, on first listen, you're like, okay, I, I know there's something that's pretty cool about you guys, but I'm not sure what it is. And then I think, to refine the point, that's what it is. You can tell you guys get along. And I know that because I'm a musician and I don't know how many live gigs I've done with people I can't stand and the like. And it, you just, you hate the gig. You know, <laughs> I, I'm a covers musician, so I'm playing from like 10 until sort of 3 in the morning. And then you've got to pack up, which is an extra hour and a half or so. So you're getting home at 5.30. You're not even having a drink when you get home, but you just don't enjoy the night as much as those ones where you're talking about the football scores and you, you just hamming it up and telling jokes in between sets and all of that sort of stuff so did you guys all meet was it remember the was it time off or drum media in sydney i think it was did you guys meet back in those days and sort of make it sort of happen because it sounds like you guys have been together for a long time as well 
Um, well, there's 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 a few relationships in the band. Um, so I'm actually, um, as of only a year ago, married to the guitarist Kieran. So um, we actually met in a professional capacity in a in a I suppose a proper job, and uh, the music came from there. And then um, uh, he's been really, really, really. Kieran's been really good mates with Dan for like ten years. Like they're like you know buddies. And um, they'd knock around together and like Kieran would uh, sort of riff around on the guitar. And one day Dan just said, oh, dude, I'll pick up the bass and play. And Dan's like, seriously, he's like this genius. He, he could say like, he, he'll be the sort of guy who'll say, right, oh, do you know what? What am I going to do today? I think I'll learn how to uh, command a submarine. Oh, or I, <laughs> I think I'll, uh, uh, you know, he literally is like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be a pilot so he taught himself you know learn to fly mm. um i'm gonna like he's a master coder he's like he's like super super genius um so he's like oh, i'm gonna pick up the bass and i'm gonna like you know play bass with you and and that's that's literally just how that happened and yeah. because those two know each other really well they lock in like no like they have this un sort of spoken code where they just know where each other's gonna go and actually dan's become a real driving force um from you know the bass perspective in terms of how we write songs um you know we I, I don't know very many bands who write songs the way we do but it usually starts with dan now um and then going back to mark um so kieran's a mad keen surfer and he was looking on gumtree for a surfboard and he ended up finding a drummer uh, <laughs> as you do <laughs> so you know mark was on gumtree sort of like touting his wares and we sent him some demos of um, stuff we'd recorded back um, before House Fox Sessions. And he was like, I love this. Um, and he's like real old school Australian punk. He loves that. Um, you know, he's into like Radio Birdman, Celebrate Rifles, that kind nice. of stuff. Yes. And he, he brings that sort of authenticity in a way, I think, to what we do. Um and he, yeah, he listened to our tracks. He's like, I really think I can, I can do something here. And the first time we met him, we're just like, yeah. And 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 that's it. We've just all clicked since. And and we always talk about this being our band family. You know, this is our family. Um, mm. And you know, and just looping it back to what you talked about with chemistry, I'm really, really glad that shines through. It's different, and I'm going to make an assumption here. You can correct me and slap me if I'm wrong here. But when you're in your 40s, as opposed to when you're in your 30s or 20s, I find that life is a bit easier. I've got to say. And that includes being in a band because there's no more bullshit. You just direct and right, and and you almost it's not like you don't care because of course you care, um, but you you know I think you're after it. You you you're in it for different reasons. Um, you know we started this band to for ourselves, not like for fame and fortune or anything. And you know that's not saying that's been like immediately forthcoming, but. Um, it's you do it for different reasons and this is um you know whether it's catharsis whether it's um i don't know creativity whatever you want it to be it is important to us for more reasons than it is for anybody else maybe even so um we'll just keep on going <laughs> mm. the other thing i like about you guys too so we've talked about the chemistry but there's variety in your music and that's deceptive okay so your bass player there is a dancer is that what you said your bass player's name is Dan. Dan, yeah. I would hedge a bet and say that he wrote Psycho Sideshow. Am I right or wrong there? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, this this is brilliant. So, so yes, uh, he he definitely uh, commandeered that song. So he, yeah. um, you know, that bass line is... Yeah, it's a scar bass line. It's a nice yeah, bass line. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's epic. And uh, yeah, he totally drove it. He totally drove that song. And it, it's funny because Dan and I got, um, you know, we got really excited and wanted to take it to a really, really dark place. Psycho Sideshow. I think it could have been even darker than it ended up being. But um, hmm. um, but with that still almost <laughs> when we first played it, it was almost like a comedy baseline, you know, um, and and we were like, oh, is this a little bit, you know, is this a bit too comic um but actually uh you know when it all came together it's it's actually one of my and one of my favorite songs and one of my favorites to perform live such fun i'd say it's my favorite song on the on the ep as well i've got to say and that's because i'm a bass player too i play guitar too but i'm mainly a bass player so when i hear that sort of bass playing underpinning that kind of a song it's rare it doesn't happen that often because most bass players are pedestrian they're just interested in sort of yeah they sort of yeah, they just say they the, the big out, less is more. Well, I'm here to tell you, it depends on the context. It ain't always less is more, let me tell you. Sometimes you want the bass to actually dominate a song and actually bring to life the the very the, like the various melodies that are in the scales there. And and I think you guys have done that really well. So so when we talk about the variety, can you tell me who you're collectively inspired by? Because I, I, I can't even guess your influences, to be honest with you, because there's so much going on. No, I think that's a good thing. You know, we, we, we get asked a lot about our influences. We get asked to, I guess, categorise our music a lot. Um, I think, you know, it is quite varied within the band. Like I said, Mark has really um, got his kind of old school Australian sort of punk vibe going on. Um, Kieran is really influenced um, by, I guess, um, maybe grunge. But he's like, he's Queens, he would cite his favorite bands as Pearl Jam, Nirvana, Queens of the Stone Age, Foo Fighters, that kind of genre. But he's also got his punk influences too. Um, uh, Dan is anything, like from Metallica to Biffy Clyro to Skrillex. Like he's just, he's complex and, uh, you know, and he's like, Johann Sebastian Bach in the bass lines that he comes up with is always like counterpoint to what everything else is going on. So he's like got quite a, a varied musical influence. And and for me, interestingly, I didn't have, um, I didn't sort of grow up sort of loving, um, I guess, rock. Um, I had a brother who was really into uh, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden back in the UK, nice. um, and I, I, oh, I had to listen to all of that as a kid. And and then I, I'm actually a um, a classically trained pianist, so I spent my teens like just playing Rachmaninoff and 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 Beethoven and and like to quite a high level. And um, I guess really then the rebellion came in, and then I got into like sort of. Oh, I don't know. I got into English um, indie, and um, and then I've, I've, everything's developed from there. So now my te my my musical influences are super 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 broad. Um, I often come back, um, funnily enough, to 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 the piano. Um, I'm really inspired by you know songwriters like Ben Folds, who's a storyteller in what he does. Sure. Like lyric, yeah. well, lyrically, I I cannot fault what he does and how he draws you into the song, and I you know I'm nowhere close to that, but um I always like you know the idea of that storytelling in in songwriting as well, mm. um and then when it comes to female musicians, my God, you know you've you've named the you know the, the three the three up there, um P J Harvey, um Brody mm. Dahl. Um, I was going to mention Brody Dahl, but I wasn't sure because there's definitely a distillers thing going on with you guys. Um, we only really, I think that's come a little bit. Um, I think that's grown. Um, I, I noticed it um, when we first heard back the recording after um, um, well, uh, Wise Man. 
and mm. and I I heard I I did sort of think oh yeah I can I can feel a little bit in that. Yeah. Um, Queens of the Stone Age has always been an influence, and certainly in terms of Kieran's riffs, and I think you'll you'll probably feel that a little bit on um, Watch You Fall. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, my God, Brody Dow, like her voice, Jesus, she is insane. Like I could only aspire to have a voice that good. <laughs> mm. Well, it's interesting. She's Aussie as well. A lot of people don't realise that. She's from Melbourne. She moved. She was in a band years ago. What were they called? The, it wasn't Girling, sorry. I can't remember. I saw them at Somersault down in Sydney years ago. Like, I'm talking 25 or 30 years ago now. That's how long ago it was. And she actually met Tim Armstrong at that festival, and that's how she ended up. Tim Armstrong from Rancid, and I think that's how she ended up in the States. And, of course, you mentioned Queens of the Stone Age, and I think she's just going through a divorce now with, with um, Josh Holm. Yeah, that's that's pretty sad. Um, mm. I was out in um, Joshua Tree um, last year and went to uh, try to locate the the uh, studio, Josh Arm Studios, and uh, just being all sort of inspired by by the yeah. vibe. Yeah, no, sad to hear about those two, but they were um, they were a power couple for sure. Yeah, two very strong personalities. It's the bright light burns very quickly in those scenarios, doesn't it? I mean, you can only imagine. What music? What conversations about music would be like? Because they're both very capable human beings on that front. You know? Yeah, hundred But what about what about in in the writing of the EP and in general? Do do you do you have any? I mean, it sounds like everything goes along quite easily for you. But look, I've been in bands to know that it never is never the the case. So, what challenges did you have to overcome in order to make the recording sound like it does? Um, do you know what? I've got to be honest with you. We didn't have too many challenges. Um, honestly, um, we have found, and maybe we just all enjoy it too much because maybe it is also still quite, you know, it's relatively new. This is only our second EP. So the whole process of, of, um, of recording is, it, I could do it every day. Honestly, I really could. I'm not sick of it. I'm not, um, uh, it, I was, it's the sort of thing where I just, oh God, I want to do this all the time. Um, so we didn't, I, I can't say that we had any particular challenges. Um, I mean, look, we drive and push ourselves. So, um, Kieran in particular is a massive perfectionist, um, and is always striving for, um, you know, the ultimate sound. He's never quite happy with the sound or the tweak of that pedal or the, you know, whatever it might be. So, um, he's always like, oh, uh." um, but, but really the whole process was super enjoyable and, and quick. And in terms of, um, you know, as I say, writing, uh, we also find that quite quite organic and, and pretty fluid as well. And it wasn't always that way. There are times like you go into the studio and just nothing's 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 happening. Um, but we, <laughs> yeah, well, um, do you know what? Again, I'll I'll just reference um, Ben Folds again because I went to see him launch his autobiography um, and just talk. And he talks about um, running the brown water and it stayed with me because it's it's just super true. Um, he says there's absolutely no such thing as writer's block. Um, all there is is that what's coming out is a bit shit. Um, oh, yeah. but, you know, if you, if you continue to run the brown water, then it's going to run clear. So you've got to just keep creating and keep it all coming out because unless you do that, you're not going to get to the good stuff. So, um, you know, we've been in studio times where um, – you know, you kind of sit there and or you stand there and you like say, well, let's just play our set. And, you know, and we all get a little bit bored of that. But actually, it's really important because that's why we're super tight and, and you know, yeah. without sort of being 
um, to egotistical. It's why we've got a really good live sound because we're, we're, you know, we, we lock in. Um, mm-hmm. But then you're like, oh, and it's, it's usually Dan. Uh, he's saying, oh, you know, and he's like, let's try this, let's try this. And sometimes something will come out of it and sometimes it won't. But the process now is he'll noodle around on the bass and invariably with something insanely brilliant. Um, Kieran just locks in immediately. Um, Mark and I will sit there for a while, listen, just kind of just take it all in. He'll just start on on the drums. And then what I do is I kind of riff absolute nonsense um, over the top of it, um, come up with a melody, and the lyrics come after the fact always. Okay. I never go in there with a song. Nobody ever goes in there with a song. It all happens organically. And there have been nights where we've just written three epic songs off the bat like that. And there have been nights when we've got half a song and we might come back to it a couple of weeks later because we record every time we do it. Um, but there's always something, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm amazed by it, but I kind of have to trust in the process because there's always something that comes out of it. That is one of the rarest things that I've ever heard. I've got to say, (laughs) because a jam band's rarely ever, actually, I've never, ever been a part of one. I've got to tell you, and I've been in 20 or 30 bands or thereabouts because people want to have their stuff heard over other people or they want to be credited with the idea, that sort of thing. But you guys have overcome that. And I don't think that's got anything to do with your age either. That's just the personalities that are, that are in the mix there. So, so there's, there's none of this business about people sitting at home, particularly the guitarist sitting at home, writing riffs with a drum machine and putting it up into the cloud here, guys and girls learn this, turn up to the rehearsal studio and we'll see if we can hammer it into shape. You guys actually go, go to, House Fox or wherever it might be and go, right, what are we going to come up with tonight? Is that how it works effectively? Exactly. There are zero egos in the band in that respect. I mean, you know, I'm not pretending I don't have a big ego, but there are zero, (laughs) you know, I did that, I did that, I did that. We are so genuinely um, just thrilled to be coming up with something and a sound that we like and, you know, and, and the... You know, it's palpable when you when you get it and when you know it's there. Like, you know, Psycho Sideshow, I remember when we, you know, when we just nailed it and we were all like kind of looking at each other. There's zero, zero ego, like genuinely. There is, you know, nobody's got their name on the credits. There's there's nothing like that. This is for people who just genuinely love what they do. Hmm. Do you guys all live on the northern beaches there in Sydney? Are you guys all from that part of the world? Yeah, we're all within about 10 minutes drive of each other. Um, Dan's up the road from us and then, you know, Mark's about 20 minutes away. So, yeah, northern Look beaches. At- Obviously not born and bred. Um, you, you'll hear that. But um, I've been here um, I've been here eight years. I think Kieran's been here 12 years. Dan, about the same. And Mark's a, hmm. a, a local. Look, I've got to say, I can't stand Sydney these days. You know, with almost 6 million people in it, it's just revolting. But my mother actually lives in Sydney and on the lower North Shore there. And her partner, uh, Patrick, lives in DY. I love going up there to DY. And it's just got a special vibe about it, hasn't it, the Northern Beaches? And I know there's a ton of people that are trying to live there these days and it's sort of hard to gain some footing in there on a real estate thing. But I, I can't help but think that that's had an effect on your music in that it's a, it's a very positive vibe that you bring to your music because you're happy where you live. Oh, I think that's, I think inevitably, you know, what you experience in your life and where you're at is going to have an, have an impact and an effect. And, and it is genuinely, you know, a really chilled and, and pretty privileged place to live. You know, what we have on our doorstep here, um, mm. I, you know, blows, blows me away every single day. So I think there is, there's definitely something in that. Um, I think that, um, you know, there's, there's quite a good scene. There's some decent bands come out of, uh, around here. You know, you've got Ocean Alley as well, who are just up from mm. Arabic. Um, and, and there was, 
um, you know, was pre-COVID, there was a pretty good, um, there was a pretty good scene. And actually, Sydney itself, like if you're talking about the CBD, um, is actually, as an English person, I was super surprised by how lacklustre um, life would yeah. be in Sydney, whereas in Northern, Northern Beaches, I mean, you've got some epic sort of just local venues. We play regularly. Um, it almost became like our Friday night rehearsal. We play regularly at the Time and Tide. <laughs> Um, and and, and, oh, and, and yeah. oh, look, honestly, what a great venue! It's you know not the most salubrious place in the world, but it is. Um, but it really supports live music, and you will always, well, you you could always turn up on a Friday night and see five new bands that you've never seen before. Which mm. reminded me of what you know live gigs used to be like in the UK. You could go to a pub on any given night and see just some you know really good new music. Um, and, you know, and the Time and Tide really support that, Narrabeen RSL. So there are like a lot of um, sort of local venues which which support the music in the way that I don't think the CBD did. Um, or maybe, yeah, it's been decentralised. I actually went to a boarding school in Sydney and, and I, I remember listening to 2SER and Wayne DZ. It's probably no longer 2SER I know is around, but the show that he put on, yeah. which was called The Alternative Music Show, I'd been doing it even back then in the early 90s for about 15 years, focused on all of these these underground punk acts. So you'd hear these punk acts that I can't even remember their names, but bands with names like Angry Samoans and, you know, the I Walked With A Zombie Last Night band. I can't even remember their name, but you'd hear them. But then you'd hear, he'd talk about all of these these uh, gigs that were put on, particularly in the northern beaches, in scout halls. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is pre um, the uh, the insurance bullshit, you know, like if some stage diver decides to nail themselves or what have you. This is pre all of that in the early 90s. And I'm thinking, I've got to get – I never went to one, by the way, but I remember thinking the northern beaches must be where it's at because because there's nowhere around where I was. That was for bloody sure. You know, there was – Parramatta had the Phoenician Club, I think it was. There was a couple of others, but more metal sort of places. But in terms of if you wanted to get, just get in a raw rock and roll like the MC5 or Radio Birdman or the Saints, yeah. this sort of thing, which was more my thing back in those days, you really had to sort of find some of these scout halls apparently. So, yeah, it's just, it's just a great vibe, and there's a lot of great musicians that I talk to that have long since left the Northern Beaches, like uh, Lauren Hart from Once Human is a quite a big metal band these days. She's yeah. from DY. Is she from DY? <laughs> yeah, she's from DY. We talked all about, you know, there not being a pub in DY, but there's still, you know, that's why there's all these people drinking beer on the sort of foreshore there just before the beach there because there's no pub there. There's a few places you can sort of sit, but you need yeah. a pub and you need a surf club, that sort of thing, and that's, that's the only drawback to DY, I think. But overall, I mean, it all contributes to the wonderful sound that bands like yourself are able to 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 make yeah i think so i think so and like i say just having the support of local venues to be able to get out there and play a lot and you get you know a good following and you know you're always going to have a good time hmm. i better wrap things up so before i let you go how can people find your music you know you've got the facebook thing obviously but beyond facebook where can they find you yeah all the all the usual challenge uh, channels you'd expect we're on spotify we're on iplay um these are um we've actually um released in the end we released uh words for the wise free on Bandcamp. so anybody okay. wants it uh, do you know what times are too tough and um you know we want our music to be heard we're not precious about you know the minuscule amounts we're going to make on, <laughs> on 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 selling the records um once all the costs have gone so um we just want it out there so um download it on Bandcamp. as i say you can stream it on spotify um and follow us on we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on all your usual channels and uh um yeah just just 
support live music, guys, once it's back up and running. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely people down there in Sydney need to uh, get out there and support you guys because you'd be one of the first bands that should be on people's list if they truly enjoy killer live music because you've definitely got it going on, you know. So, uh, hey, my final question for you is uh, should I refer to you in when I release a podcast episode as Louisa Thomas or is it Louisa Theobald as it's come up here on Skype? Yeah, no, Louisa Thomas. Louisa Thomas, please. That's okay, my, uh, gotcha. my name, my, not my ex-husband's name. There you go. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> well, thanks a lot for the chat. It's been fascinating. I enjoy your music, genuinely enjoy your music, and please keep on doing what you're doing. Hopefully we get out of this bloody thing sooner rather than later. Well, let's get out of it, and then uh, let's give you some new tunes, and then come see us live. We're, uh, you're in Queensland, right? Yeah, northern Gold Coast, yeah. Yeah, so we were obviously due to be um, we were due to be touring. Um, I saw that. Yeah, you're playing Ipswich as well. Right. Yeah. yeah, we were playing with the Goldhearts. I think you've interviewed um, Marge before as well. I have. Yeah. She's a legend. Um, so we were doing a tour with the Goldhearts, and so look, it's I, I would like to say it's not cancelled, that it's postponed. We'll definitely be back up. So it'd be good to get you along to a live gig, and you can see these vocal chords in action. I'll be there. I'll, I'll drag Lee along with me, Lee Oliver along with me. I'm sure he'll be up for it too. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Thanks very much for the chat. It's really great to talk to you. Um, I've been looking at all your podcasts and stuff and you clearly love and know what you do. So keep doing what you do and let's keep in touch. That's awesome. Thanks so much for the feedback. I appreciate that a lot. And agreed. Yeah. No worries. All right. Stay safe. Thanks a lot. You too. Cheers. Bye. You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List online. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and the interview subject there was Louisa Thomas from the Sydney outfit Pepperhead. Thanks for listening.